Hello everyone, it's Miss Mountain and Gen Z coming to you from the internet. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? Good, you're so pretty. Thank you. <laughs> um, uh, go, go ahead. Oh, so I wanted to thank you for coming. I'm really looking forward to this like a few weeks now. <laughs> no problem. Um, I also want to say that I've seen like all your videos and you're really talented. Oh, thank like, you so much. Of course, and like just the way that you're able to give so much information and <clears throat> in such like a short amount of time, it's just that's really <laughs> cool. Like, I learned a lot from your videos. I'm really glad to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I, I was originally just really like interested in reading those books, and then I'm like, you know what? Why don't I share it? And then it just everyone seemed to like it, so. Uh, yeah, it just, <laughs> it just happened so unexpectedly, but yeah, it was great. Sorry, one second, my, um, computer is just not charging, so just one second. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Okay, so I just want to ask, so is the name of your, um, like, whole account and everything, Alkiwi, Alkiwi? Yeah, yeah, it's all kiwi. <laughs> okay, okay. I thought it was all kiwi. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, so what's going to happen is that I'm basically, like, recording the meeting now, and then I'm going to re-record the audio, and then I'm going to post it um, on my podcast, like, on Sunday at around 8 p.m. Okay. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. good. Okay, so, uh, so I have to do, like, a little introduction. Mm-hmm. Okay, so hi everyone, it's Miss Mountain Gen Z coming to you from the internet. Okay, so today I am here with the newest TikTok upcoming sensation, Alkiwi, aka <laughs> Zara. So. Oh. Okay, so would you like to introduce yourself to everyone? Yep, I'm Zara. I'm just, um, I'm currently a student and I, I just, I like to post a lot of psychology content on, um, on TikTok and yeah, uh, basically my major is in uh, environmental studies and my minor is in, in psych and legal studies. Uh, so yeah, I've just gained a lot, a lot of interest from my courses and also lots of interest from books. I mainly talk about Robert Greene books, um, 48 Laws of Power and all of that. Cool, so how do you plan on using like psychology in the future? Yeah, well, I think that psychology is one of those things like psychology um, and like human behavior and all of that is one of those things that is just applies to everything in life in every aspect of life. So when it comes to dying, just sorry, my dog's playing with her toy. (laughs) When it comes to um, like, you know, communicating with others, when it comes to dealing with difficult people, when it comes to any sort of situation, like even when you're a parent one day, like that, that's important to, to understand when you're parenting a child or dealing with children in general, like psych is just everything. It's literally our whole entire life is just psychology. Yeah, definitely. I um, I think that if you're able to know how people work or like, you know, how to like um, persuade or kind of get to other people, then you'll be able to understand them more or like kind of have them see your perspective a little bit. Yeah, and that's all in communication. And it's also like when you when you can understand others and how they behave and why they're acting in certain ways, then you come from a place where you have other a whole other perspective. You can see things from their side, and that's because you're able to analyze them, understand them, right? Um, so yeah, it, it's really it, it applies to everything, literally like everything in life. Um, I would say like even if you're alone, it applies to you mentally, your own yeah. your own psychology, right? So yeah. Okay, so I noticed in your videos that you were saying like dark psych. So can you kind of define that for us? Yeah, so dark psychology, um, it's mainly about like power dynamics, um, 
manipulation, you know, psychology that people use as a weapon against each other or ways to, to use it against each other um, or to like overthrow each other. So in the artist seduction, a lot of women will use dark psychology through seduction. Um, Cleopatra is an example, like she overthrew the king by using seduction on him. So just, wow. just yeah, examples like that. Um, it's it's mainly like when you take psychology and you kind of turn it into a weapon. So I really like that because usually I hear about, you know, like, um, I don't know if it's called lighter psychology or just regular psychology. I don't really hear a lot about dark psychology. So I think that it's really cool to see like what, um, and I learned about like based on your videos, like about the sirens and manipulation and stuff. Cause I hadn't really thought of that before until like I saw your videos and I was like, this is something that's really interesting. Yeah. And it's something that'll a lot of people use like like naturally like people will naturally have like those manipulative traits more than some will have those more than others um and then you know people who are like highly emotional or highly empathetic they tend to not have as many um traits as like you know someone who's more narcissistic uh that that's going to be using manipulation as a, as a as a weapon right uh so yeah. when you don't when you're not like used to that you don't you don't really use that you're not naturally with that like you have no idea that people use psychology against each other because you would not you are never like you've never experienced that yourself naturally right uh so yeah like when you when you see that and you're like wow like this guy for example like just stole millions of dollars from this this <laughs> other guy because he was able to trick him and and like you know <laughs> completely finesse him because he was manipulating me, he was, he was completely manipulating it. So it's it's really interesting because it's like I never even knew people really did that kind of stuff until I started reading those books. Yeah, it wasn't until your videos that I like started to take notice about certain things that like um. So like if I was to see um, just a couple like talking like in a park or something, and like just like the way they interact, like it can. Like the dynamic is there and you can kind of tell like who is kind of manipulating sort of like if it's a manipulative type relationship or like um i've had uh someone say to me that someone like said something to them and i didn't even know that that was like manipulative you know like it was really triggering their emotions and they didn't know why i was like i don't even know why either <laughs> but then you know like once i learned about it more I was just like, oh, okay, that makes sense because it kind of makes people kind of yeah. about whatever you're saying. Exactly. Like they, a lot of the times they'll find weaknesses, right? Like, like that is in the 40 laws of power is you find each man's thumb screw. So you find someone's weakness and then you're able to like use that against them. It could be like something, some sort of dirt on them. Like, like I know that a lot of businessmen do that. Like they, they find dirt on each other and they use it to like kind of to blackmail each other or leverage each other so yeah for sure like even politicians do that and it, it's it's a really common thing uh, people use your weaknesses against you in manipulation yeah cool so um how come the subconscious is so powerful so the subconscious mind controls 95 percent of your life so everything that you do goes through your subconscious mind right so i like to be very conscious of what i'm consuming like let's say i'm listening to a song and it has some negative lyrics i won't realize that those lyrics are impacting me you know like i won't realize that like someone talking about like the perfect body or this blah 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 like you know like yeah about a woman's body over sexualizing it and all of this stuff and then and then i and then i hear that and it impacts me it's like oh why do i want like a surgery like why do i want a surgery now it's like you don't realize it yeah you're absorbing it you're consuming all of these things right like every single thing that you read everything that you listen to everything that you watch all of that goes through your subconscious mind and a lot of it gets stored so it's really important because it's your whole entire life like everything is your subconscious and when you gossip when you talk when you do negative things you do things that like are not good for your subconscious mind it keeps you at a, at a lower level 
where you're constantly going to feel like in this cycle of, of unhappiness or low mood because you're feeding your subconscious such, such negative things all the time. Yeah. So does that also have to do with like a vibe sort of thing? Kind of like... Yeah, like, like, yeah go ahead. Oh, like, if you're, like, around, like, a negative energy, like, say you're, like, around um, a group of people and they're, like, always saying negative things, is that going to start to make you a negative person as well because it is going through the subconscious? Well, yeah, I mean, I would I would say that it does, you do start to morph into the people that you spend the most time around, right? Like, yeah, people that you spend the most time around, are you're going to start carrying on those traits and you're going to start absorbing them you don't realize like if you have someone who's really close to you and like all of a sudden you start to notice that you have like a similar laugh to them and you're like oh i wonder what happens to me it happens to me so that happens with like thought processes too right so you like like for me i would say that i'm i'm really selective with the people that are like close to me because Mm -hmm. you can't let a lot of um you know bad habits or negativity or or like things that are, are or unhappiness, like a lot of misery and all this stuff yeah. that coming coming into you're gonna absorb it, um, and you start to become part like similar a version of your friends, right? So I would say yeah, of course, like I I really do think that people around you impact you a lot. Yeah, I definitely have some like family members and their spouses have the same laugh, and I wonder like why is that? You know, like they sound like ha 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 ha, and it's almost like kind of like very similar you know yeah 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 i noticed that too and i noticed that a lot of people kind of resemble like their pets i don't know if you noticed that yes uh-huh <laughs> i've seen that i think i saw that for the first time on some type of movie um and this lady started to look like her dog like they started to have like the same outfit same hair same like <laughs> like just it was weird yeah i mean like i weird, guess like yeah. the it gets gro- like a lot of times pets get groomed like their hair or whatever gets groomed kind of similar yeah. to a style like of the owner but owners pick pets based off of how they look because they're attracted to pets that look more like them i didn't know that i thought it was pretty interesting I was oh really like, i always see dogs and i'm like why does that dog look like <laughs> the owner you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> so is that like the same way with people as well because um so uh i had a relative that told me that um a lot of relationship stuff like attraction happens um mainly because you're kind of looking for someone that kind of acts like you or resembles you a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah no for sure like attraction a lot of that like even in the art of seduction in the book um Mm -hmm. there is a there is a type of seducer called the ideal lover who kind of morphs into being someone yeah. more similar to you and similar to your interests because that's a seductive thing, right? Like people are attracted to that. They, um, so like, yeah, when you, when you have someone who's similar to you or has like similar traits, you, you tend to be more attracted to them. Wow. It's really interesting just how like the mind is just like, pick this person, pick this person, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I have another question. Um, I saw this guy's TikTok and he mentioned that his parents, didn't have like the best or or stable environment for him to live in. And um, he said that as a result of this, he has like a lot of trust issues when he's in relationships. So um, how does our environment affect our relationships and how we treat other people? Yeah, well, of course, um, like as you're growing up, that's gonna impact your development a lot, right? And also, if you're seeing a relationship in front of you, you're going, you're going up, and you're observing this relationship. You know, your parents fighting or um, trust issues with them. That's that's going to be your first perception of love, like as as you grow, right? So you're going to have this ingrained belief that that's going to happen to you because that's what you experienced. And how to get past that is you just have to begin by acknowledging that you know this is something that I've carried from my childhood it's a type of yeah. childhood trauma and this isn't this isn't like every single relationship because every single relationship is different right like it all comes from acknowledging it all starts from acknowledging that it's it's something that you are beginning to generalize in your mind you're generalizing everything based off of your own one experience and yeah like 
the way that your parents are, the way that your family dynamic is, it's so, so important on your relationships in the future because it's how you, your communication style is. And if you have, you know, parents that have a lot of aggression, you'll have a lot of aggression or like finding yeah. you might you might carry those traits too. You don't know how to communicate with each other. Um, you constantly have these insecurities and that, that well up in you from a young age because you you've been raised in a negative environment then you wake then you grow older and insecurities are like one of the cancers to relationships right so um how to how to handle that is honestly like it all comes from acknowledging it and i would say that in the case where you can do shadow work i do a lot of shadow work where it's like you write down all of your insecurities all of the things that you know are built up in there and you try to address them um, you know, there's lots of tips online on how to do shadow work that that helps a lot with these things. And just read read a lot about relationships, like read books on them, read about your attachment styles, read about your love languages, and all of that. Like it eventually, just you start to mature and grow out of that, um, you know, past life or your childhood life, right? So, so when you say like love languages are there any love languages that are more toxic or like can or, um, or like can possibly be perceived as toxic no i mean like everyone has different love languages you know there's there's love language shown through physical touch through po positive affirmations um yeah through gifts like acts of service there's there's everyone has different love languages it's just how they communicate their love um it can only be toxic if like you have someone who's not willing to understand your love language or communicate to you in your love language, right? Yeah. Um, but I would I wouldn't say that any of them are really toxic. I would just say they're just ways for pe that people express their love. Yeah. Okay. So can you explain what a siren is and the people who she attracts? Yeah, so the siren is one of the most powerful seducers in the book. Um, so she represents adventure and change. Um, she has she has a persona that's like a very charming persona, and she like kind of mixes like high femininity. Um, like sorry, she mixes high femininity, but also like a hint of innocence in it. Um, she a lot of the siren typically is someone who has like they speak in a really breathy voice and it's kind of like deep and breathy and slow everything works in harmony the way that they dress their hair their makeup everything just works together um and they typically go for men who are in powerful positions so a typical siren is marilyn monroe um she went for the president, <laughs> John F. Kennedy. Legend. And then <laughs> think about like, uh, I don't know, have you seen Shark Tale? Mm. No? Okay, well there's there's a character in Shark Tale, she's a fish. <laughs> and yeah. uh, okay. he went for like the rich guy in it. So typically they go for the rich guy, Cleopatra was a siren. Um, but yeah, so she, she basically like presents, she has this persona, she, persona she kind of presents like a woman of adventure and change and and just something like really really like enticing intriguing um yeah okay so cool so now that i'm I, I have like more you know like background on it i think that an example would be um georgia from jenny and georgia because i think that she also kind of went for the mayor that's a good one um I've seen the show. I'm just trying to like think back on her behaviors. Like she did go for a man in power. She did go for the mayor. But I would say she's she has like siren traits. But she also has traits from the star, which is kind of like yeah. the girl who like like Regina from Mean Girls. She's the oh, star. Okay. Like the girl who just stands out and she's like the star. So she kinda has traits from the star too. Like I, I'm not sure if I would classify her fully as a siren, but she does have siren traits. Okay. Is there like a male siren? 
No, there's no male siren, but there are like male seducers. So the rake is is a male seducer, and he's really powerful. So the difference between so a siren is like very you know sexual, sexual. She has very feminine, and that's like something that's very enticing to men, right? But also has like a hint of innocence that's like balanced, right? Yeah, that's really men but what's really enticing to women is like if you if you look at movies for example like romance movies like like the man is always just so desperately like in love with the woman like he would do anything for her he would give up his life for her like that like that desire that like desire for a woman like that's really attractive to women like they want to feel that they see it in romance movies and they just want that to happen to them they want that like guy who stands out their door with like the radio like playing music you know yeah so that's more enticing to women it's it's a lot less about like physical appearance but it's more about how he makes her feel so the rake he knows that and he understands that that's something that is really attracted that's really attractive to women he he embodies the female fantasy and so he will just try to pursue her try to make her feel so special but his intentions aren't usually pure. Like he's usually just doing it kind of like to trick her. Um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like he's manipulating. Nice guy syndrome. Not really. Nice guy is like really. It's an anti seducer. Like it's come. It's like really anti seductive. Like to be a nice guy, you know. <laughs> like, okay. like the nice guy is like the guy who says, "Oh, I'm so nice, so I'm entitled to this," you know. But. But the the rake is more like, he's more like, um, think about, I'm trying to think of like a rake example. Have you seen Crazy Stupid Love, the movie? Yes. Uh, Yeah, so the the rake is more like uh, Steve Carell in that movie. You know how he got with so many women after him and his wife divorced? And he was like making all the women feel so special. They're like, oh, you're so pretty. Yeah. Yeah. And he kind of went for women who were more um, emotional, like the teacher. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. <laughs> so basically, like it's it's a, it's a man who kind of just he embodies that female fantasy figure. Also, like the guys from Wedding Crashers are rakes. Um, yeah, yeah. And then even the guy from even the even. I forgot his name. Ryan Gosling in in Crazy Stupid Love. He has yeah. a lot of rakes qualities so yeah yeah definitely he would like you know tell women everything that they want to hear and then it's just like oh okay you know yeah 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 but um he was more charming but like steve carell was more like the rake yeah so um i was referring to this thing called nice guy syndrome and it's basically everything that you said kind of like um a uh, a like typical male that is seen as like, you know, like so nice, but he doesn't have like the best or, or he has like bad intentions in order to get like a woman or like um, whoever he is pursuing at the time. So like he uses niceness or like gift giving or, you know, words of affirmation, just like saying like, oh, um, I love you so much. Don't you love me? So we should. Right. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, so nice guys are anti-seductive. Like, they're not seductive for that reason. It's because, like, the rake, you can't really sense he has, he has bad intentions, right? The rake, he makes you actually feel that fantasy, like, that, that mm-hmm. fantasy figure, right? But a nice guy, the reason why he's branded a nice guy is because, basically, it's, like, a sarcastic way of calling him, like, a nice guy, like, covered in disguise, in disguise, yeah. right? So, like, he's he you can really tell when a nice guy is a nice guy he's like the where's my hug type of guy you know yeah <laughs> yeah like you can really sense it and, and like he, he reeks of insecurity the nice guy like he just comes off like he's just steaming with insecurity but like the rake is not insecure the rake like they don't even a lot of times they're not even really like that good looking but like he he knows he's not that good looking and he still has that like sense of confidence he has like a a tinge of danger to him sorry it's okay it's okay he has like a a tinge of danger to him he's like yeah like he he's you can sense that you can't really sense that he has bad intentions even though he does like a lot of the times yeah 
Okay. So, what are the consequences of, of falling for like a siren or a rake? Yeah, so the consequences are probably like with the rake is like he's a lot of the times he's like using you to like sleep with you and then like you won't hear from him again. He's just playing. He's a player. He's playing you, right? Kind of manipulating you. The consequences of falling for a siren, well, you know, like it really depends because a siren is a really powerful woman. Like, she's she was able she's able to get to like really powerful men because she's so seductive like margot robbie from wolf of wall street was a siren right like she they get to really powerful men and it's like cleopatra she got with the king and she would be have a lot of mood swings like some days she'd be really like happy and then one day she'll wake up she'll be angry she'll do it on purpose kind of drive him crazy so that she could eventually take over the the kingdom so like it's really like it really depends on the siren's intentions (laughs) but a lot of the times like even Marilyn Monroe she got with really powerful men too like but I don't think it was a genuine relationship I think it was more for the power right so I feel like both of them you kind of play you but like the siren is really really pow- like more powerful than the rake because like the rake usually targets like the average woman right but like the siren is really really powerful because like she goes after powerful men and if she has the intentions to kind of like take over your kingdom or kind of drive you crazy she can so yeah <laughs> i think that's more scary <laughs> yeah yeah i think like a slow pain is like scarier than something quick like yeah like, Wow. <laughs> yeah, for sure. The siren is a siren's one of the she's a really, really like one of the most interesting characters of them all. Can you name and describe all the types of lovers in movies and explain how they are used in movie formula? Yeah, so like all the seducers in the book um are like the siren, the rake, the ideal lover. Um, the dandy, the natural, there's nine in total, the coquette, charmer, um, charismatic, and the star. And they are all found in movies. You can find these characters in all kinds of movies. Like the ideal lover is someone who kind of fakes his um, interests or fakes his or her interests, like fakes their personality completely, gets close to you, figures out exactly what it is that you're interested in and kind of like morphs into that to kind of trick you to liking them. So an example of an ideal lover in in a typical show would be you, the oh, Netflix. Oh. Show. He is so, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. Joe was an ideal lover. He completely faked his life, his personality, everything, to, so that Beck would right. be interested in him. And then he did that again, right? So he he was completely an ideal lover. Um, the dandy is someone. I wouldn't say that this character is manipulative. They're, they're not. Um, Madandi is kind of like someone who mixes masculine with feminine. So, like, if you think about Prince, you know, that, yeah. that he's seductive because he was able to mix that masculine with the feminine. A lot of women, you know, really like Harry Styles. He paints his nails. He has, like, things that... He mixes those things. So that's what the dandy is. But there's also, like, women who do it, like Tiana Taylor. Mm-hmm. So she's an example um and then the natural is like someone who i wouldn't i wouldn't really call this one manipulative either but like she's she or he are someone who have like that childlike spirit so like that's really seductive like some like luna from harry potter she's a natural um also giselle from enchanted have you seen that movie enchanted i love that movie (laughs) yeah so she she's a natural like she has that child those childlike spirit you know and that's really seductive to a lot of people because like you know adults they have like they're like kind of shackled in their like boring adult life right and they're just so surprised when they see someone who can preserve those qualities right of like childlike qualities um and then i would say the coquette is like i'm not sure if you've seen suicide squad with joker and and harley quinn in it so you know how joker is like really back and forth with harley quinn like sometimes he's really nice to her and sometimes he's really mean to her like he's really back and forth that's the coquette the coquette plays mind games they're like probably the most toxic one (laughs) like they basically like give you love 
and then they take it away and then they give you love and they take it away and they kind of make it like the same effect as like a drug right it's like it's Mm -hmm. like you get a rush of this drug the serotonin and then they take it away from you and they keep doing that until you're like devoted to them you're like i really really want to like get that rush again so that's the coquette and joker is the coquette (laughs) um yeah he drives and yeah Sorry, you just froze. What did you say? <laughs> oh, I was can like, you just, mm-hmm. yeah, I hear you. I was saying that he just drives highly, okay. her, her crazy, like a lot. With the oh yeah, he drives completely crazy. Um, and then I guess the charmer is somewhat. It's similar to the ideal lover. He kind of like, but he finds your insecurities, and he uses those like to kind of flatter you, make you feel good. It's like. You know, like, let's say you, you say, oh, I'm insecure about, like, this part of my body, right? Like, like he'll pay attention to you covering a part of your body you're insecure of or doing certain things, right? And he'll tell you, oh, my God, I love that. That's so attractive. Like, he kind of tricks you. He's a charmer. He says things to charm you, right? Charismatic is, like, um, Harvey from Suits, someone who's just charismatic and, you know, has, like, that charm. That charm. Yeah. yeah. And the star is like someone like um, Regina George. She's the star. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually wondering why, like, uh, um, I saw this other video and it said that, like, a lot of people just wanted to be Regina George. And I just didn't like, like, I guess it was because she had so much power, but it didn't look like she had a lot of power. Like, yeah. Yeah, so how come a lot of people wanted to be her, sort of? Well, Regina, like, the star is uh, someone who, like, they just stand out. They're really, like, just, they just completely stand out. You're drawn to them. They have that allure to them. Um, They're really confident. And at the same time, it's like they're untouchable. Like, you can see them, but you can't get close to them. And so you get so curious. There's like a mystery to them. So everyone's mm-hmm. like, I want to know more about Regina George. I want to get closer to Regina George. She doesn't let anyone sit at the table with her. You know, there's only specific select people that she'll like have around her. Um, so that like that, it, it creates more of an allure and intrigue. You want to know more about this person. Like what makes them so special? Like I want to... I want to learn about them, I want to know who they are. And, and it's like, that's why Regina was so seductive to a lot of people in her high school is for that reason. And, and the same thing goes for Alexa Demi in um, Euphoria, Maddie from Euphoria. Yeah. She was also the star, right? Like she stood out and she was like beautiful. And like, you know, like she had such an allure to her. She did things that were like, they stood out. She would wear like jewels on her face. You know, she's yeah. different. She was different. She had a certain style to her, and it was different. And everyone was curious about her. Like, I want to know more about this girl. I want to get closer to her kind of thing, right? But she had a lot of mystery, too. Like, no one knew what was happening behind closed doors and, you know, what she actually is like. So she's an example of a star, too. So mystery plays, like, such a big role in, like, kind of being... um, uh, sought after and like having a lot of people want to know about you it's the big mystery like who you really are mystery is very seductive and i think that mystery works for almost every single one of the seducers because mm-hmm. having yourself being such an open book and everyone knows everything about you and all this stuff like it becomes like less seductive you know like a yeah. lot of people are very extroverted and are very open but at the same time you can't deny how seductive it is when there is like that one guy in the group of bunch of loud guys and he's quiet, quiet like to yeah. himself want to know more about it you know there's something intriguing about how he's so quiet like why is he so quiet i want to know you know <laughs> like what is the secret like what, what are you hiding you know and and that that alone like just that curiosity curiosity is what starts the whole cycle of fantasy in your head like curiosity is the beginning of it so you see a guy and he's quiet and everyone else is an open book and he's quiet and you're like what is that what is that like what's going on you start to ask these questions you have all this curiosity then you you as a human it's your natural instinct to to try to put answers to these questions 
So you build up a whole fantasy in your head. And you're like, you're so curious. You want to know these things because the mystery stemmed it, right? So you built up this whole fantasy in your head and you create this whole fantasy. And all of a sudden you're like hardcore crushing on him. But he never even said a word. (laughs) Right. And then um, I have a friend that told me that like she likes to crush on people. But then when she actually gets to know them, she's kind of like, eh. I'm like, why is that? But I guess it's because of the mystery and just like always thinking about that person and wondering like, who are they? Who are they? Who are they? Like, and will they ever talk to me? Like, is that it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, it's, it is. It, it all comes from mystery. So the first step was mystery and mystery evokes curiosity. And then curiosity leads to fantasy. And then a fantasy leads to like a crush, right? So that's all. Yeah. That's the whole recipe. So, have you noticed anything that you've learned about um, for psychology um, about yourself or, like, other people? Yeah, for sure. So, I, like, for me, I noticed a lot of um, things that people will do that are, like, I I have some family members that are a little toxic. <laughs> so, it's like, I will... I will catch on to things that they will say and they will do to kind of control others, right? So it's like, for example, I did make comments about like, you know, the gaslighting video or whatever. It's like things like that, trying to downplay your feelings, not respecting your boundaries, all these things. Like a lot of it comes from manipulative behavior. Um, And I didn't realize that until like a little bit later on you know, in my life, as I started to read more, I started to realize what these manipulation, like, behaviors were, like, gaslighting, guilt tripping, all of that, and then once I noticed that, once I learned that, I was like, well, you know what, like, now I know that this yeah. can't impact me anymore, it can't impact me anymore, because I know it, right, I'm, I'm, I'm knowledgeable on it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a really important skill, um, especially because, like, you don't want to end up being the one that's getting manipulated and like not even knowing and just like you know kind of following this person because that's kind of what you know or like it's kind of what you're around or you think they're like oh that's just them you know Mm -hmm. exactly yeah so i think you play like right into my next question (laughs) so um what is guilt tripping for our audience to know yeah so guilt tripping is a form of manipulation um and a lot of the times it it's used on people who are highly empathic or you know they, they sympathize easily it's a way to control them because when you are someone who empathizes and sympathizes with others very easily and you are more emotional it's a lot easier to control you because your emotions you can control you can control your emotions because you have high emotions and then it's a lot easier to control you so people use guilt tripping on emotional people they tell them, you know, you should feel ashamed of yourself for this, or you should feel bad, blah, blah, blah. They try to, like, they try to guilt trip you. They, they call you selfish. They call you all these things to get you to do what they want you to do. Um, and it's a form of manipulation, and it's used on a lot of people. And it's uh, it's, a really, it's really hard on a child um, or children or people that come from families like that because they grow up truly believing those things, right? Yeah, like, I think that children are so impressionable, especially, like, if you're always, um, okay, so let's say this, for example. So if their parents are always telling their, like, daughter or, like, son or something, like, oh, you're so amazing, and, like, you know, like, you're, um, everything about you is just, you know, beautiful and great, and then they go out into the world, and then that one person doesn't like them it like kind of drives them crazy. Like, why don't they like me? You know, like, am I really, you know, all this that my parents have told me? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's a really, really good example. Exactly. So it's like, it, it all comes back from like, things that you might experience in your childhood. And unfortunately, guilt tripping is used a lot in family dynamics. So it, it is uh, really, really hard on your, you as a child, but also like, you grow up and you still have an inner child part of you, right? So that you carry that with you so um how come guilt tripping is used in family dynamics like i've never gotten that well it's just um 
it's just one of those things where it's like you can only really guilt trip someone if you're close to them right like yeah i mean like like i'm sure like someone who you're not that close to like will make you feel guilty but it's like if you're not that close to someone like you don't you don't really like have that's the same level of care for them as you would for a family member right yeah so it's if it's just someone like a co-worker or something trying to guilt trip he was kind of like you know what like whatever i'll get over it but if it's someone you really care about and you have a lot of feeling for um then it's easier to guilt trip you because you care about them and, and that comes from family family knows that you care about them and a lot of times they use that against you they use that that care that part of you that emotional side of you against you they also know you well enough to know that it will work on you so that's why it's used in family dynamics it's it's the closeness it's the bond and it's kind of the easiest way to guilt trip because you already know that person yeah yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So, what are some phrases that people can like kind of um, identify if they think that someone is guilt tripping them, and um, how come people don't recognize those phrases? Yeah. So some phrases would probably be like "you're so selfish," um, "you're ungrateful." Or like, for example, you know, you should you should feel ashamed of yourself. Things like if you have like a dead family member or someone that you cared about say what would they think about this or think about like even a living family member think about your mother think about your father what would they do you know things like that like it's it's um it's phrases to kind of try to sway you from doing something that you want to do um you know like manipulation isn't always bad like sometimes people do want to push you to doing something better for yourself but um like it's not really like that's not the way to go about it it's calling someone all those things right so yeah and oh sorry you said how how do you recognize that the second question oh um i was just like asking how um how come people don't really recognize these phrases it's because they're so used to the environment they don't really think any anything of it yeah, exactly. Exactly. They've they've grown up with this these words all the time that it's become so normal to them that they don't realize that they're being manipulated all the time. It's because they're they're born in that dynamic where they're constantly being manipulated from a young age and like even when you're a child, you know, like you pair you are going to be manipulated all the time and, and it's normal. It's normal to manipulate a child that because you're trying to guide them towards the right way. So you try to like kind of better. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's better to like manipulate child than to like yell at them or something. Right. It's better to like kind of manipulate their thinking and kind of like try to re-guide it in, in, in a healthy, positive way. Right. But a lot of people do it in a negative way and they, and they tell the child that they're bad or, that they're what would this person do or like oh you know you're causing me so much pain blah 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 and all this stuff like trying to make you feel sorry and sway you right i don't know why <laughs> yeah okay uh so are there any other forms of guilt tripping like anything that's like more physical or yeah yeah i would say that Probably the silent treatment is like a non-verbal version of it. Um, just kind of making someone feel bad or guilty just by giving them the silent treatment. I, I think that that's a really um, commonly used m- method to make someone feel bad. But it's also really bad uh, because it causes it causes so much detriment in a relationship to, to give them the silent treatment. Yeah. So how can that annoys people like not being talked to, you know, like being ignored? Because when it comes to relationships, um, especially relationships that are really important to you, or you're really close to the person, um, you know, romantic relationships, all of that. When it comes to that, like you want to you want to communicate, you want to talk about your feelings. Like it's one of those things that you should you should be able to talk to each other and communicate so if one of them is trying to communicate trying to let out their feelings trying to figure things out while the other one's completely blocking them off and stonewalling them you know it causes a lot of frustration because there's you're not going to get it anywhere right so one person it's like it's like one person is trying so hard to talk to you and figure things out and the other person's just doing nothing like 
it's it's really frustrating and also causes so much um, damage to the relationship. Yeah, I can see that. One of the closest people to you, and if they're not talking, then it's like, oh, do you love me anymore? You know, like, why are you, you know, like, what are you thinking? Okay. Yeah, it makes your, your mind go a little crazy, but also, like, it makes you scared to make mistakes moving forward. And it's like, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, like, everyone makes mistakes. You're going to say something to offend them, and you don't realize. You're going to do something that hurts his, their feelings. And that's just how relationships are. You are going to make little little mistakes here and there that are easy to get past you know there's little bumps in the road but then you're going to be afraid to do that you're constantly going to be like in an anxiety state thinking that they're going to stonewall you again you know yeah i think that can make a person feel so unsafe um only because if you're scared to like try something new or you know like just be more expressive then that'll kind of stifle everything and it'll make you feel like oh well i can't do this because then they'll be mad. So now I'm mad because I can't, you know, fully express who I am. Exactly. Really good point. Thank you. Okay, so it seems that quite a bit of how people end up in life is stemmed from their childhood. What are the detrimental effects of like um, putting a child at risk of like a uh, wait? Yeah. <laughs> okay so i'm changing my question <laughs> okay so what are the detrimental effects of putting a child in an environment that has like too much praise and like just too much um like giving them everything that they want or like just yeah yeah so basically that child will end up believing that you will end up being used to the idea that other people are going to entertain them. They don't need to go find their own friends and entertain themselves. They don't need to do anything, you know, like everything just comes to them. Um, and that becomes, you know, the classic spoiled kid. And that kid is going to really, really, um, like, la like have a lack of motivation, have a lack of self-discipline. Um, and they're also going to be unsatisfied with life in general because they're not they don't have anything that will help them feel that enrichment that fulfillment um so it does cause a lot of um, like you know it causes a lot of unhappiness for a lot of people to to overstimulate their child um i think that a good example of that is like there's you know this is a really really like infamous and terrible <laughs> situation but basically um I don't know if you've heard of the whole Jeff Jeffrey Epstein thing. Yes, I have. So the woman that was helping him do all of that, like recruiting or whatever, so her name was Elaine Maxwell, and she was an example of like the classic spoiled kid, and she had everything she wanted. Her father gave her absolutely everything. She was completely pampered, and then he died. So the first thing that she did was try to find a man to replace her father. And because her father was very corrupt and he, he got his money in really shady circumstances, that's exactly what she wanted. And that's how she got with Jeffrey Epstein and did all of that, like the, the, that, those crimes together. And the thing is that what made it worse was that because she was so pampered and she became so pampered, so impressionable and her father died, um, she had this strong loyalty because of like the way that she was raised, she had this strong, deep loyalty to someone who wasn't, you know, doing terrible things. And she she did absolutely anything to him. And in the Artist Seduction, actually, but like by Robert Greene, he talks about that type of um, like seducers will try to find that type of person, the pampered royal. They're called the pampered royal because it's really easy to like get them to do anything you want and be loyal to you. Like she she did everything that he wanted with no limits she had no audacity to stop right so yeah yeah well so so she had like a really intense loyalty for him only because like she portrayed someone i mean he portrayed someone or like kind of resembled her father mm -hmm. because her father was also very rich and he got it, and he was very shady. So his money came in really shady ways, and same with Jeffrey Epstein. He stole all his money, basically. So, like, she she was, like, looking. Like, when he died, she that's when she found Jeffrey Epstein. 
and she was so loyal to him that she would like recruit people to him and like do like terrible things with him she would defend him she would intimidate young girls and like try to like scare them she did atrocious things right um because she had that strong sense of loyalty and devotion because she 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 doesn't have a sense of independence she needed someone to replace her father because she was pampered her whole life. Oh. So, so does that kind of have to do with the whole, like, um, like, I've heard this thing where people marry or, like, date for a long time someone that resembles their parents? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that, too. Um, basically, like, you marry your father and you marry whatever, you know, they yeah. say that. <laughs> um yeah, like a lot of it. Yeah, for sure. A lot of a lot of times when you choose a partner, that familiarity, that those similarities, or whatever, you notice that in like you know you notice similarities in that or resemble your parents or someone that you're familiar with, and like that feeling of like relating to them in that way, it it draws you to them, but it it becomes kind of toxic when you have very you know parents with very toxic traits, and you get like drawn to people with those toxic traits. Yeah. Okay. So, is there any type of psychological fact or or just like anything that you learned that really made you think like, whoa, like I didn't know this? Yeah, I mean, like I didn't know about how much my subconscious impacted me, and then once I stopped doing things that were, you know, not good for my mind. Like for example, like I had, I would have, you know, these wants and needs to look a certain way to be certain for so long and i'm like once i stopped listening to music that had lyrics about how you should look and how to be and i stopped following instagram pages with that like it changed everything for me and then i started realizing the power of the subconscious mind is like everything i'm absorbing all of this stuff it like it it was like really it was an epiphany for me because i was like how did i not realize that all of these words that I'm putting in my head that are disguised by like, you know, beats and other sounds in the background. And like, also like these advertisements I see all over my feed and my use, my use of social media. How did I not realize how unhappy it really made me, you know? So. Yeah. So what type of music do you listen to now? Like versus before? Well, I used to listen to like a lot of, you know, just mainstream type music, yeah. hip hop, mainly only, only hip hop type stuff. Now all I listen to is like sixties jazz, <laughs> like Louis Armstrong, like <laughs> Otis Redding. Like all they talk about is how much they love their wife and whatever. And it's like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, because so, more positive. Yeah. Yeah, and like Michael Jackson. Like I listen to just old music now. <laughs> my sister loves Michael Jackson. I don't know Michael Jackson shirt earlier, and she was like, hey, "Can I have that when you're done?" I'm like, "Have it." <laughs> yeah. What do you listen to? I listen to like a lot of hip hop. Um, I think it's a mix between like hip hop and pop. I think that's like out of a hundred percent. I think that's like twenty five, twenty five. But then like the other fifty percent is just like little stuff here and there. The only thing I don't listen to is like country music. Yeah, same. <laughs> I never listen to country music. Yeah, I don't know. I just other than that, I listen to rock and um. It's like R and B and jazz. Like sometimes, like if I need to relax, I I do listen to jazz or like I listen to classical music. So you know, I could just you know calm down. You know? Yeah, like there are some artists that are like newer, like FKA Twigs. She's pretty good. Yeah, I've heard of her, but I haven't like listened to any of her music. Is she good? Yeah, she is, and I like like Frank Ocean. Like he's good. Yes. Yeah, I love Frank Ocean, SZA, and, you know, like, Team. Yeah, same, same. Good, good artist. <laughs> yeah, I think there's something, like, very soulful about the way that they sing, you know? Yeah, soul music is, is like, my favorite, so. Okay. It's really good. <laughs> okay, yeah. so, so my last question of today is, can you name and explain... Um, your favorite, well, like, or your top three laws of power? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, the first one I would say is law number nine, 
which is win through actions and never through argument. I see so many people on line on YouTube, YouTubers or whatever, and they and all they do is argue and like they just try to win through arguments. Someone will release a video and then another person will release a video say arguing it and it's all stuff and it's like just win through actions, not through argument. I noticed how Doja Cat she got cancelled for a while. She just kinda like, you know, dismissed being cancelled. She kinda like apologized or whatever and then went back to doing her own thing and back to you know, being a, her making her TikTok memes or whatever, and I kind of noticed that about her. It's like she didn't really stick into that part for too long, um, and so that's something that it's like I think that's really important. And a lot of people don't do that, <laughs> and 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 they end up being like a loser at the end because it's like you're fighting, but it's like you're not gonna win. You're gonna you're gonna you're not gonna be the winner. You're gonna end up being the loser in it, right? Yeah. So like kind of digging like a much deeper hole like if you just put too much pressure on it yeah mm, exactly exactly um and then you're just gonna stir up a lot of resentment not only in like your your opponent but in, in the people that are watching your videos and stuff right so yeah um the next one probably plan all the way to the end so i see a lot of like people like criminals that I, when i look at criminals or whatever they they don't plan all the way to the end. That's why they always end up getting caught. Yeah. <laughs> like, like El Chapo and like Pablo Escobar and all these people. Like they, they've gotten caught. It's because they don't plan. They kind of just get caught up in everything and, and then they get, they get caught. But it's like, I'm not talking about just crime, but like those are some famous examples I think of. And it's like, you're doing such a huge thing and you're not planning it properly. Like, you know, I don't know. I think that's the ending is everything, right? Yeah. Um, and then law 47, which is do not go past the mark you aim for in victory, learn when to stop. So, for example, like, like pa- Pablo Escobar, you know, Walter White from Breaking Bad, you know, it's like you, they don't know when to stop. They just they, they have their goal. They've already met their goal, but they just want more and more and more. They get so greedy. They get they have so much ego. They think that they're invincible, like things like that. It's like. You should just, you know, take a break, humble yourself, and know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I think that. So, uh, I've been trying to watch The Wolf of Wall Street, but like, I think you have to pay for it, or like, it's on some type of platform. So, I'm trying to decide if I want to watch it or not. But I did read that, like, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, I read in like a little summary of it that he basically became like power hungry and stuff so is that an example of why everything kind of went downhill perfect example like prime example right there (laughs) and also Uh in the wolf of wall street if you do watch it there's so much there that's that has to do with power dynamics so margot robbie the the girl naomi in the movie um she is like the siren in the movie which is like it's it's honestly like I don't see a lot of sirens in movies, so she's really powerful in the movie. Her seduction is really powerful, and the thing is with her, I would say like that's that movie is like the reason I even started reading these books. <laughs> I I watched that movie like four years ago when it first came out, and I saw like you know the all the scenes, the power like scenes of the power dynamics, Margot Robbie and all that. I was like, I just have to learn more about it. And, and that's literally, that is the reason why I started learning about it also, because I wanted to understand that. I really do recommend it. It's a good movie. <laughs> well, thank you. I feel so educated now that we had this big discussion about everything. And like, um, you answered all of my questions perfectly and they were like, nothing was left out. Everything was just really great. And now I feel like <laughs> so much smarter. <laughs> yeah. So glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> thank you. But I really want to as well. Um, yeah, like I really appreciated that. Like you just being here and, you know, informing me and like informing the audience, like when this uploads, you know, I think like a really great episode oh well I'm, I'm really glad that you had me on and thank you for inviting me of course
And thank you for listening, everyone. That was the great Al Kiwi, aka Zara. And I had a lot of fun during that interview, and I hope you all really enjoyed learning and listening to dark psychology. And this has been Miss Mama Gen Z, signing off.